follow them. With a snap she shakes her head, dropping the horrid daydream, returning to the real world of her own clicking heels on the drenched pavement and the approaching and retreating lights of the cars on her right as they roar past her with a hiss of crested water. She gets such morbid, mortifying thoughts sometimes, and she doesn't understand where they come from. Things were never like this when I was a kid, she thinks. She didn't mind when Brian told her to do things. She never fought with her mum the way she does now. Back then she was just Katie, who liked to swim and liked to race and liked to win. It had been enough then, but somehow it wasn't enough anymore. Now everything was confusing, and it seemed she was always angry, always stressing out over every little thing. It's your age, love, Brian had said once when she'd made the mistake of mentioning it to him. There's nothing you can do. The only way out is forward. The phone buzzes once more against her curled fingers in her pocket, and as she takes it out and swipes to Klein again, she becomes aware of a car pulling up beside her, its red brake lights glowing like hot coals through the rain. The door swings open, and inside is an older man with a baseball cap crushed down on his head. He cranes towards her, one muscled, knotty forearm holding the door handle. He's smiling at her, showing all of his teeth almost as though he's in pain. She has never seen this person before, and she offers him an indignant stare, steps back, and moves to walk on. Katie Brown, is that you? He has to raise his voice as the rain is getting harder. Her gaze narrows as she pulls out her headphones, which tangle in her damp hair. Yeah? How do you know me? It's an unfriendly answer, and she can see him flinch a little, as though offended. You used to go to the youth club in Hartington Grove. I drove the bus there, don't you remember? She doesn't. Furthermore, she hasn't been to that youth club for about two years, since she started at St Hilda's and began swimming properly, as she no longer has the time. She shakes her head. No? Well, I remember you. (laughs) He chuckles and it's high, almost wheezy. Look, you're soaked through, can I give you a lift? There's a long moment then as Katie considers. The man clearly knows who she is, and he must be a responsible person if he's connected to the youth club. It is absolutely pouring now, each new raindrop raising its own tiny corona of water as it hits his car, the asphalt and the railings on the bridge. The sound of it fills everything, His car looks warm and dry. But what she also considers is that this man could not possibly have spotted who she was with her hood pulled forward as she walked along. He must have passed her in his car and circled back. She considers the fact that his face sparks not the slightest twinge of recognition, and yet he can identify her, deeply hooded in the midst of a rainstorm at night. The disconnect between their acquaintances is too much, too alarming, and Katie realises that, however bad it looks or makes him feel, there's no way in the world she's getting in that car with him. Thanks a lot, she says, being polite, thinking fast. But I'm only going to the steps, they're two seconds away. She gestures to the other end of the bridge, towards the roundabout. My dad's waiting for me, she adds and this qualifying tidbit walking out of her mouth surprises her. Not just the words, but 
the little quaver of fear that enters her voice on the word waiting, an unwelcome note they can both hear. I'd only get your car wet. Something twitches in his face again, but then his smile is back. All right, if you're sure, love. Get out of the rain soon. He proffers her a friendly wave with his free hand, and the car door slams shut. Within seconds, he's pulled smoothly away without looking back. Her sense of relief is extraordinary, and she considers for a second abandoning her escape, returning home, slipping up the stairs to her bedroom and facing the storm when it comes. She calls her dad, wanting him to come and get her. After two rings, she switched to voicemail, his recorded greeting chirpy yet impersonal. Her coat and hood are now sopping with rain. She tries to shake the feeling that he's deliberately sidelining her call.